0: Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com.
2: Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, pilgrim. <laughs> pilgrim, because it's uh, it's the Thanksgiving holidays.
3: Yes, that's right. We're having our own Thanksgiving parade right here, right now, courtesy of JP.
2: <laughs> so as opposed to like a gay pride parade, it's a Thanksgiving parade. Yeah, yeah. Just, just turkey. <laughs> giving thanks for being turkey.
3: Yes. And stuffing.
2: Well, then on our, our way, I give thanks to the uh, E.J. Liberty location there at the Liberty Hotel in, in
3: Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, California. In Pittsburgh, I, I California. I didn't know that.
2: Right, right. <laughs> it's spelled weird. P-I-T-T-S-B-U-R-G. Pittsburgh.
3: There's no H or anything like okay, that. Okay, that's right. The,
2: the other Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah. But awesome food there. Huh? Just yeah. Yeah, we had a good time. We stopped.
2: That's why we're a little late. Sorry, everybody. We're <laughs> half hour late because uh, Palmer and I stopped off to eat and drink.
3: That's right. And I had a had the brewer's assistant hamburger with uh, those shoestring fries of theirs. You love those fries. You I were did. Like,
2: I love these fries. Oh, <laughs> I love these fries. <laughs> I ate most of them,
3: which is you know two pounds worth of fries there on the right? plate, and yeah. I ate most of them. Well, and I had the uh,
2: the Cumberland Street Club, mm-hmm. which was absolutely freaking delicious. because It was huge. And I ate like half of it. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't eat any more. It was really good, but I can't eat any more. And then I took like another little nibble. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I could eat <laughs> the other half. Great, great combination of flavors yeah. and textures. And it was really good. And the beer's really good. The lines are all clean. The beers are all fresh. They keep a yeah. rotating uh, selection of uh, like a dozen beers going through that place. Yeah,
3: Really cool building. It's a neat right. place. Neat place. Well,
2: and uh, you know, it's going to be right across the street from the uh, Heretic Brewing Company.
3: Yeah. Which I've I've heard a little bit about. Yeah, it's heretic.
2: A... There you go. <laughs> be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer.
4: There you That's go. That's our
2: slogan. Yeah, we're we're um, uh, you know, we should have beer one around. You know, I'm saying early March. You
3: mm-hmm. know, around that time. And for those of you out there that don't know, this is going to be Jamil's Brewing Company. Right. Right.
2: Yes. Yes. I am uh, Chief Heretic is mm-hmm. what I'm calling myself.
3: There you go. <laughs> the high priest of heretics. Right.
2: Well, and you can you can follow us on uh, Facebook. We got a Facebook page, Heretic Brewing Company. We got Twitter, Heretic Brew, and we've got um hereticbrewing.com. If you go to hereticbrewing.com, you can there's links there to uh, connect up to uh, our YouTube page, our Facebook page, Twitter
3: page, you know, we'll be doing the whole social networking thing. Yeah, I think you I think you're going to have a really um I mean, it's all right in it's Still in the playing stages right now, but uh, from yeah. what we talked about on the way over, it sounds like it's just going to be a top-notch brewery. Absolutely. No matter what you think, just keep saying that. All right. I, oh yeah, I believe. Somebody it. asked you.
2: I believe. It. Yeah, that's going to be top-notch. Absolutely. Try that. And then uh, you know, if the day comes when you can't answer it like that, let me know. I'll, I'll like cut we'll your vocal cords or something. Yeah. 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 We'll change the name of the brewery, and you can start all over. <laughs> No, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be great. We're going to have a, have a good time with that. And if you want to have a good time as well, I suggest you sign up for the uh, AHA Brewing Network uh, giveaway. So the AHA has provided us with three full complimentary passes to the uh, the San Diego uh, National Homebrewers Conference oh, yeah. in June of 2011. Now, they don't need to do this because... They sell the thing out every year. Yeah. So it's like essentially just giving us money, you know, <laughs> these passes. Because they could just turn these into, you know, cash, 300 bucks or whatever it is, a piece for these things. But they appreciate everything that the Brewing Network's done and the Brewing Network listeners have done for the AHA over the over the past. Mm-hmm. And that the fact that you guys really have taken to heart our call to sign up for the AHA. And they, they're like, you know, you guys got a lot of members listening. Let's you know give something back to the members. Let's you know go ahead and raffle off uh, some some passes. So we got one per show. We got that, well, and you know there's that other show, but since it can't <laughs> be named, it doesn't have a pass. So we got a show uh, a, a ticket to give away on the Sunday session, a ticket to give away on uh, Bruce Strong, and a ticket to give away on on Kenya Bruett. So the the way you enter for this is you're an AHA member. And the easiest way to be an AHA member, if you're not already, is to go to thebrewingnetwork.com. There's an AHA logo. You click on that, and you fill out the form. You sign up. You pay your uh, you know, your however many bucks it is. And uh, actually, they kick a portion of that back to the Brewing Network, so you're helping the Brewing Network there. And, um, you know, you you get all the benefits of being an AHA member, Zymergy Magazine, all the representation, legal representation, and, you know, you know right. where – all these uh, lobbyists are, are trying to kill your rights. Uh, the AHA's in there fighting for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, the pub discount program and the uh, the online forums and stuff like that. Uh, and the conference.
3: Mm-hmm. The, definitely the conference. The camaraderie. Yeah, I love uh, that conference. Yeah.
2: Best beer event. If I only could go to one beer event at all, I would pick the AHA uh, National Conference. That would be it. Yeah. Over GABF, over anything else. Definitely.
3: Yeah. It's the 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 beers at at the conference. I mean that every, everybody brings their best. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the cool thing about it. So you just you never have a stinker beer there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's fun talking to all the other brewers from around the country. You know, finding out how they do things, and uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, experts you know that they have come in doing the talks. Always a lot of really fascinating information there. Um, well, and you're going to be talking at this uh, San Diego conference, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about something. Yeah, I don't know what picked what yet, but yeah. what it is.
2: But I will be talking, and then. Um, uh, so, anyways, you, you sign up for the HA, and then uh, you need to be a BN donor as well. Okay, so that's as little as two bucks a month. There's a you know donate now button. You, you click on that thing, and you can uh, you sign up. If you only want to do it once to get in on this this deal, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do it during the month that we're holding the drawing. I think it's going to be what, February or something? I'm not yeah. sure. Minimal Justin investment knows. though. And uh yeah, you know, sign up for one month for two bucks and then then you're in. And uh well worth it. Uh but if you if you can, go ahead and uh, donate to the BN. It keeps uh, shows like this rolling and uh, you know, yep. keeps uh, Justin from having to blow sailors for loose change. Uh And uh, speaking of uh, great things, great giveaways, Blickman, (laughs) Blickman Engineering, they are giving away having uh, you, me, Mm -hmm. and John Blickman out to brew at your house. Mm -hmm. Or you can come out to my house and you can brew at my house. Or we have down to Heritage Brew and you can brew down there.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun.
2: Yeah. All you got to do, is, if you've uh, purchased a, a top-tier system from, uh, it was somewhere back in, what, uh, October or September yeah, or something like that? September, I think. All the right. way through the end of January of uh, 2011. If you buy it before the end of January 2011, uh, you are in the drawing for us to come out, the three of us to come out uh, at no expense to you. We'll come out to your place, and we will uh, brew with you.
3: Mm-hmm. We'll and probably you probably can... drink a lot of your beer, but we'll also brew with you. That's right. <laughs> you can you can uh, purchase a top tier either from um one of the many online brew shops or yeah. you can purchase it from your local, local brew shop home. that's um, a
2: that's a great option Buy from your local home brew retail, yeah keep them in business too and uh you know uh, that uh northern brewer they they sell them as well they're mm-hmm. they're a great uh, sponsor of You brew it been for many years the Jamel show. And uh, you know, uh, show show some of these some love. And uh, you know, if you're planning on ruining a system, anyways, I don't know. that I'd go out and buy a system if if you couldn't afford one or weren't planning on buying right. one anyways. But if you think you're you're that you know one of these systems is in your uh, your future, uh, go ahead and buy one because there's you know uh, there'll be there's a fair number of entrants obviously, and they sell a lot of these systems. They're great systems, but yeah. um, you know it's a much better odds than anything like the lottery or anything like that. So that's right. Yeah, you have a pretty good chance of us coming out. Or again, you can come out to, to my house and uh, brew brew with us there. All three of us will be there and uh, having a good time. I think that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. I'll do some I'll do some barbecue. We'll do some. You know, we'll drink some beers. We'll, cool. We'll have a good time. And then uh, if you do come out to my place or to Heretic, uh, we'll also throw in you come down to the studio and uh, you can participate with Palmer and I in doing uh, Brew Strong.
3: Yeah, that'll be fun too.
2: Participate, meaning you know, go get us a beer, bring bring. Or a if
3: you'd rather have us out to your house, and you know, that's that's cool too. That's cool too. Yeah, yeah. We'll I'm...
2: talk in our on air voices <laughs> instead of our regular. Oh, this is my regular voice. I'll talk <laughs> my my on air voice. Huh? Yeah. You Wait, want people uh, yeah. to enter
5: this, right? I imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll <laughs> talk, talk that part out.
2: Yeah, we'll talk in our, our on air voices all the time, <laughs> and we'll dress. We'll put clothes on this time. We'll have pants, everything. It'll be fantastic. And before I forget, uh, we got another new sponsor for Bruce Strong. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. It is adamandeve.com. And it's not just for the guys. It's for the gals, too. Uh, it's for, for anybody. Uh, Adam and Eve, they've got uh, a specialty item there for uh, all you folks, uh, no matter uh, you know, which way you go. They've got uh, sex toys, vibrators, lingerie, adult movies, sexy extras. they got all sorts of uh, good stuff to, uh, let's say, enjoy yourself. Or enjoy yourself with somebody else. That's that's even better. Uh, all you need to do, uh, go there, check out the site, adamandeve.com. You spell out the the uh, Adam and Eve, or you can just say adameve.com. And uh, if you enter the code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, J-A-M-I-L You'll get fifty percent off one item. You get three free adult DVDs. You get a free extra gift, sensual gift, and you get free shipping. So for just a couple of bucks, you're going to get yourself uh, uh, quite the the collection of goodies. So uh, check it out AdamAndEve.com. New sponsor for Bruce Strong. All right. So uh, what we're doing today? We have a and A Q&A show. We're actually, you know, we we took stock of of where we were in our shows and we realized, you know, there's a lot of questions that have been coming in and we haven't really been answering all of them and we promised that we would answer all of them. Right. So, uh we think we're going to do a a a number of Q&A shows and try and knock a, a bunch of these questions out. And you know what? They're great questions. These are, are things that you should know. If you don't know already, you should know and a lot of them there are things that there's no uh, quick and easy way to find out this information it's not out there on the internet that's why these people are asking these questions so right. uh, we want to go ahead and uh, kind of get caught up so we're going to do a few Q and a shows in a row so uh, bear with us and uh, I hope you enjoy those all right let's take a short break
0: and uh, when we come back we'll get into your questions right after this. <laughs> When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewometer. A brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com. And stay on the cutting edge.
6: BN Army, you think you're badass? Well, you are. Kind of. Like badass, but without the balls to blow something up. Hoptech in patriotic Dublin, California recognizes your nearly badassness with a BN Army discount on every order. But there's something those boys and girls in the real Army should know. If you have an APO address or a scan of an active PX card, Hoptech salutes you as an actual badass and offers their things with a 15% discount on every purchase. That's the Hoptech way of saying thanks. To all active military personnel 15% off ingredients, kits, equipment As well as games, books, gifts and more All at HopTech.com Whichever army you're a member of Any branch of the military or the BN Army HopTech in Dublin says thank you with great discounts Call 800-DRY-HOPS Visit the store in Dublin, California Or go to HopTech.com HopTech, serving homebrewers for 28 years
5: Nico, listen. Our lawyers said that we had to do this for 1 hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for 3 more months until n- the next meeting.
3: Kids. Come on, let's get out of here.
5: I'm supposed to have more lines. So I'm the professional. <clears throat> You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew for Your Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans.
3: Because everyone likes it in a can.
5: Tasty Crack Cans.
3: Tasty Crack Cans. And
5: now,
7: Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The,
8: the Time,
7: time. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 1842 in the province of Bohemia.
0: Yo, this era jerky. All the beers is murky. What, oh, friends, a male alewife. I don't know
7: what I'm doing, so I got this dark malt, yeah? More stinky dark beer, yeah? No, sir. Please, wait. Just a moment. Aye. A package from the future? From Northern Poor,
5: Use the Pilsner Malt, my good man. And these sats
8: hop, sucker. They ain't noble like Queen Victoria. But you can use Sterling from Portland to Astoria. Let your war caramelize and let Melodon's harmonize in a long boil. Keep your starter undercover with aluminum foil. Boo. And use a thousand bog myrtle.
7: Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and get your nasty-ass bog myrtle back to the dark ages, Brother Abelard. Hey, this golden lager with the happy hops pretty damn good. Thanks,
8: Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next we did.
7: Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of
8: the time brewery.
9: You what's your fuel? Like. Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah!
7: <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face.
8: <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. Ah!
6: It's
7: the Brewing Network.
1: Back to your hosts, Jamil Zana and John Palmer, putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong.
2: All right, we're back. We're talking uh, Q and A. Yes, We've got the uh, the lovely John Palmer here in the uh, the studio and. Uh, Working the boards with the ever lovely JP Jason Petros. Hi, I'm working with two JPs at the same time, and ants crawling all over the uh, the desk here.
3: Yeah, you know, I think in the middle of winter, uh, there wouldn't be ants around. There.
2: There's no winter in freaking Pacheco. That's why it's like a billion degrees out, and the sun is frying my my in the uh, studio. Why are so hot all the time? All right, so <laughs> we're doing we're doing Q and A. Q&A. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you
3: get that question all the time. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, Justin can't
2: be bothered to uh, work on the uh, the show with us. So we got the JP here, which is fine. <laughs> it's all right. We, yeah. we go second string. That's that's okay.
5: Yeah, and you just heard a little taste of what JP can do. <laughs> he could lean
2: on the board or uh, <laughs> it totally the
5: ruin Jamil's.
2: <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Absolutely. You know, as long as I, I think, as long as people can hear the uh, the pearls of wisdom coming from uh john palmer's uh <laughs> mouth then, yeah. then we're all fine well
3: we are small dripping sound i the suppose small dripping, <laughs> <laughs> tick,
2: tick, tick. sounds like an annoying leak in a uh <laughs> is that my foster? no it's <laughs> palmer's six dollar radio. motel room yeah, it's palmer's yeah. pearls pearls <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> dropping on the floor you know
2: you can get you can get medication for that it's, i think penicillin mm. stops that all righty then. All right. So, JP, what's our what's our first question of the day?
5: All right, first question of the day comes to us from uh, Mills, and he emailed. Uh, what is the email for uh, Bruce Strong?
2: Bruce Strong at TheBrewingNetwork.com. dot com. I don't even know point. these things. I am learning. Right. Well, and you know, if you have questions, please go ahead and email us at BrewStrong dot com. We can't respond to all those that come in. Uh, you know, if you need an immediate response to something else, and email us individually. But if uh, if you want something on the show, uh, email it there, and, and we will get to all of them. Yep. That's correct. <laughs> uh,
5: so Mills um, asks uh, during the last session at Downtown Joe's, Justin asked asked blah, Colin how he does it, uh, which it is. Um, does man, it? I just totally ruined this whole email. Let's try it again. I have learned from you in the BN the importance of yeast health and pitching rates. Some local brewers have told me that they pitch yeast by pushing from one conical to another without measuring volume. Mm -hmm. That sounds insane to me. Hmm. I figured there would be some sort of closed system. Uh, During the last session at Downtown Joe's, uh, Justin asked Colin how he does it. And Colin said that he runs his yeast into buckets and then pitches it to the next conical. This all sounds crazy to me, especially because I've heard you talk about how great Colin's beers are. Do you know of a closed slash sanitary way to properly handle yeast on a pro scale right and well and I think part of his uh, question was you
2: know how do you how do you measure the amount of yeast if you 're doing closed transfer conical to conical which a lot of uh, commercial brewers do yeah. and the advantage to that is um, you know again it 's a closed transfer so you 're not getting air and and in air is floating <laughs> dust which carries bacteria and wild yeast and stuff like that. Well, the closed transfer avoids that. What you do is, you know, you hook up, you go ahead and purge off the, you know, bottom third of the cone, uh, which is, you know, the earlier flocculators. You don't want those and and other and crap. And then you're going to transfer that middle layer to your other cone. And, you know, the the, the question was, well, how do you measure it? You know, how do you know that you're getting the right pitching rate or, or like that? Well... You can measure that, right? Uh, it may not seem like you can measure it in a way that you're thinking of, time and flow rate. Time and flow rate, exactly. So, and, and there are actually devices you can use to measure the amount of cells in a slurry that are traveling through a line and all that, and you you can know much more closely. But even just uh, you know in your local brew pub, you hook up to the other conical. You're you're using the same pump, same amount of time, same line length, and hopefully the the slurries are fairly consistent from batch to batch. Uh, you know, it's fifteen seconds of transfer. It's you know two minutes of transfer. It's whatever it might be. Uh, you know, you transfer that amount and see how it works. And if it seems like you're pitching too much or too little, uh, then you go ahead and adjust. Instead of uh, fifteen seconds, maybe you need thirty. Instead of two minutes, maybe you need a minute and a half. Hmm. Uh, And in that way, you are measuring. Yeah, it's not as precise as we'd like to be. It'd be great to go ahead and and, uh, take a sample of the slurry and get yourself a a cell count and figure out, you know, exactly what the density of your slurry is and, uh, you know, go ahead and pitch. And you can do that. You can transfer into a closed uh, vessel. You can take a measurement. You can, uh, you know, you can do by weight. You can do by, you know, amount of transfer time. Uh, you know, don't think of measurement as, you know, putting in a, a container and looking at how many mills you have. That isn't the only measurement you can do.
8: Okay.
3: Do you um do they generally uh pump the yeast over before they filled the tank or after? I mean with the with the wort? Uh generally
2: before and then you transfer the wort in on top, but I, I guess you could do either.
3: Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know what the uh, the, the uh, tricks of the right. that particular scale is. Right?
2: Any other any other thoughts on? Because again, I think um, you know, just from a, a scientific point of view or a process point of view, process engineering point of view, mm-hmm. uh, measurement is you know yeah, in, on many ways. many different ways to measure things. You mm-hmm. know, it's brightness, it's you know salinity, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's pH, it's, uh, you know, time, it's weight, it's, uh, uh, you know, volume. There's, there's many ways to measure all these, these different uh, substances and, and, and what you're doing. And the important thing is that you do measure in some way. Uh, again, people ask, well, how do I know how much oxygen I'm putting into the, the wort before I pitch? You know, how mm-hmm. do I know how have the right amount of oxygen? It's like, well, by taste. That's really one <laughs> yeah. of your best measures. And, you know, by time. So you've measured the amount of time. As long as you keep your flow every time consistent and your delivery process consistent, then just control it by time. And, and you know, one minute, try mm-hmm. one minute. If that's too much and you're getting those fusely solventy alcohols, well, try 45 seconds. Yeah. You know, or, you know, if you're, you know, one thing or the other is, is changing and it's not the way you like, try a different time. Try one minute this time if you're not sure. Try two minutes the next time. Try four minutes the next time, and see which one works out best. Yeah. Whichever one works out best? That's your closest one. Go with that number, and then you know, go maybe a little lower, a little higher, and, and see. Yeah. And as long as you're consistent in how you're measuring these things and how you're controlling it, your results will be your results will be great.
3: Yeah, I, I was that reminded me of the of a couple pages in the yeast book that you and Chris did. Um, on the the amount of of oxygen that that commercial brewers are putting in their worts, mm-hmm. and um, you know they interviewed several pro brewers and they measured uh, the wort and everything. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and it was interesting to see like the number that were kind of on the low end versus the number right. that were on the high end. Right, right. And yet you know each all over these, the board. Yeah, huge differences. Yeah, but these brewers you know took that baseline mm-hmm. and worked with it right. to make good beer. Right. So, yeah.
2: well, and that's the thing you can do, you know, and some of these pro brewers aren't really tasting their beer and seeing if the result is really what it should be, or they don't know that you know too much oxygen can give you that you know really hot alcohol solvency alcohol kind of character or right. too little is you know affecting attenuation or you know they're they're unaware that they're just thinking, well, this is the right amount, and then they're just leaving it, mm-hmm. you know they're not adjusting from there and and you know, thinking about what it's supposed to be doing and realizing the impact. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely good point. All right. Uh, what's our next one, uh, JP?
5: All right, our next one comes from Russ in Maryland. Uh, he says, guys, great show. Thanks for all the terrific content. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, I have a question about loggering and oxidation for the live Q&A show. There we go. I've been noticing that the malt profiles of my lagers and ales that I cold conditioned are somewhat muted. My water chemistry is balanced toward chloride more than sulfate, and I dilute dilute with distilled water to lower RA from bicarbonate. So I don't believe water chemistry is an issue. Mm -hmm. When I lager, I use a carboy with an airlock so it breathes in as the temperature comes down. I'm wondering if the breathing in may be a significant enough source of oxygen to have an effect, and subsequently if this can be muting the malt flavors. I'm very careful about keeping oxygen out through my process. I can definitely detect the characteristic malt flavors in the beers I brew, but they don't sing like the commercial examples. What say ye? Hmm.
3: There's
2: so many possibilities here. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you, you know, all right. so I'll kind of go backwards from my first thought. One was, you know, a lot of times people compare their beers to imported versions of, let's say, if you're doing a lager, you're doing like a, you know, Oktoberfest, and you get a a spot in Oktoberfest or something, shipped over. And, you know, people will say, oh, you know, that has this malt character to it that I can't get in my beers. It's like, yeah, well, that's oxidized malt character, (laughs) you know. And, um, you know, that's actually a flaw in those beers. And a lot of them come over, and they get kind of a slightly sweet kind of caramel kind of... uh, 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 character to them well that's oxidized that's a a staling of the beer Mm -hmm. so you want to uh that's not something you want to uh, emulate um you know if you go over there and have those beers fresh they don't taste like that so that's one thing the other thing i was thinking was um you know could be oxidation could be uh you know if you're pulling oxygen in the other thing i was thinking was um it could be uh a fermentation issue um you know that's always a possibility as well
3: yeah it i i wonder about if he's got enough calcium in his water calcium yeah it could be um, could be uh, flabby yeah if um even if you know he thinks that the the RA is Good or he's you know he's diluting his bicarbonate levels down to to reduce his his ra. Um, yeah, if you're not if you're not building the calcium back up, um, that could still result in kind of a flabby mm-hmm. uh, malt flavor. Um, you may need a little more calcium to punch that up a bit, right? And, and accentuate it. Um,
9: yeah, well, I, it, and sometimes
2: it, even the same thing goes with uh, you know gypsum additions to you know punch up the bitterness. Mm-hmm. You know, when the bitterness seems crisp, you know sometimes the malt seems stronger. Yeah, that's right as well.
3: Yeah, it's uh you know if if the it, it could be his pH just maybe um, yeah. just a couple the tenths pH high. Issue, yeah, yeah and in the final beer, and that keeps it from being a, a right. bright malty character. Right, and uh, so yeah, you look at look at your water chemistry a little bit. Just right. check on your calcium levels. You should be looking for somewhere between fifty and a hundred ppm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it
2: could be, um, you know, so he says he's drawing in oxygen as he cools it down. Right. Yeah, it could have some effect, but, um, you know, it shouldn't You know, shouldn't be that much of an effect that early on. I wouldn't right. think that, that, that that's the issue. You know, but the thing that always strikes me, I uh, haven't written a book called Yeast with uh, <laughs> Dr. Chris White of White Labs. Um is that uh, you know when your fermentation is not perfect and on on top of things, um, you know the beer can taste kind of flabby if you're not getting full attenuation. You're and even you know the way that the beer ferments. Sometimes you know you, the, the malt flavors will pop. You know when the beer is properly fermented, and they'll it'll seem kind of sweet and soft, yeah. soft and just kind of oh wordy if they're really badly fermented. Right. And something in between can be, you know, again kind of mute those malt characters. So, True. you know, I would think, you know, fermentation. If I had to if I had to guess and pick one over any of the others, I would say uh, you know, fermentation. So Interestingly enough, this is one where we have no idea. It could be any one of these things. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I think it's not is maybe the oxygen being pulled in. You should avoid that if you can uh, post fermentation. But I, d- I doubt that. But even then, that's probably not the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Check check pH. Yeah. Check pH. Check your fermentation. You know, make sure mm-hmm. you're pitching uh, enough healthy, uh, active yeast to really uh, you know make that make that work.
5: All right. All right. Good answer, folks. Uh, Here's another one from Tom. It says, Hey, guys, I buy malt by the sack. Some of my malt is a few years old. I've stored it in my attic where temperatures fluctuate a good bit. Lately, I've moved it to the crawl space, which stays cooler. The malt tastes fine and is not crumbly. If I brewed two identical beers, one with the old malt and one with fresh malt, would they taste different? Would Jay-Z taste a difference attributable to age? I think so, but others disagree. What do the Wizards of Wurt think on this vital matter?
2: Well, the others are idiots, you know. Oh. Of course I would taste it. Yeah. You know. no.
5: Well, you got a nickname out of it, which I think is pretty good. That's right. Attributable? Uh, yeah, you are Captain Attributable. All right. Uh, the Wizards of Wurt.
2: The Wizards of Wurt. What do you think uh, of that? Yeah, well, there you go. They've seen our magic. Yeah. <laughs> our magic wands. <laughs> our magic wands. <laughs>
3: but uh, yeah there's definitely is malt ages you mm-hmm. will you'll, you'll uh, lose some of the, br- the the brightness of the malt right uh freshness you know definitely go away um fluctuating temperatures doesn't sound good mm-hmm. up, up in the attic mm-hmm. um even if it's you know stayed dry up mm-hmm. in the attic the uh, the hot temperatures it could have experienced definitely going to going to change the character of the malt from a fresh bag
2: Right, right. Well, and I I think you know probably the most important would be uh, humidity. Yeah. So keeping the humidity right, Um, you know, he talks about it's not crumbly. Well, yeah, you know, the the malt when it gets too much humidity, when it 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 goes slack and it becomes, um, you know, kind of uh, it's it's no longer crisp. You know when you when you bite into to malt, uh, you know, properly uh, stored malt. It uh, kind of has a crunch to it, you It's know. It's, yeah. yeah, and if you uh, you know once it's gone slack, it's you know it's just soft and almost you know it it does crumble mm-hmm. and it's mushy almost
3: becomes more chewy. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's it just it yeah it's no longer got that that hardness to it. Um, and the flavor does does change, and what's happening during those that time is oxidation of the the malt compounds, right? The starches, things like that. And um, it does change the flavor. So um, there's a definite difference. You know, certainly if you were to take something that was, uh, you know, nice, fresh malt and then take a, uh, you know, batch that's been abused and it's uh, oxidized and gone slack and you're rude with that, um, then... I got a question for you on this, John. But I, I I know that you would taste the difference between those two, right? Uh, something that's slightly aged and slightly starting to you know not be the best, that may m- be much more difficult to detect. I imagine a side by side, you you'd still taste yeah. the difference. Yeah. Um. You know whether on its own, you'd go, wow, oh, this is you know aged malt or not. I, I don't know. But, uh, John, you know, I would imagine even that, you know, this oxidation or the staling of the malt, that's going to affect even um, uh, the ability, you know, extraction efficiency and uh, pH and other things? Or?
3: The, um, well, the, the oxidation of it is going to uh, probably affect the, the convertibility. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are that you have lost some, some enzyme viability with, you know, with aged malt. And then, um, the, uh, uh, what was the other, the other question you had, the, um, pH or. Yeah, yeah. the I don't know about that off the top of my head. Um, okay. I would imagine the oxidation would change, uh, would change the flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you would, I mean, basically you've got some pre-melanoidins right, going on. Right. Um, I think the, you would probably tend to brew a little darker mm-hmm. than it would fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you'd probably get some uh, some darker malt characteristics or different you know different melanoidins, right. but not good. Mel- yeah, not either necessarily either. good ones. Right. Maybe maybe on a uh you know if it had been stored fairly well, but just old, mm-hmm. you know you would get flavors that weren't necessarily bad, but right. certainly different.
2: Well, and think about you know fresh bread versus stale bread. Yeah. You know, think about not just, uh, you know, how stale bread can be hard, or uh, mm-hmm. but the flavor changes. Yeah. You know, there's a, a a definite flavor and aroma components to fresh bread versus a, a bread that's aged for a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, the same thing's happening in the malt. Yeah. Know? So I always like to equate, you know, melanoids with toasted bread versus, you know, yeah. uh, untoasted Musty bread. Musty. And I mold, think, you know. Yeah. Uh, the same thing is is true when it comes to, um, you know, aged aged malt and, and yeah. fresh malt.
3: Uh, when I've judged beer, I've, I've tasted beers that I, I could really tell were, were made with old malt. Mm-hmm. They just had a mustiness to them, a, a, a cellar musty kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, tang to them that just wasn't good. Right, right. So... Uh did we
2: answer the question? Yeah, I think, I think you know, it it's, good. it's that uh, kind of, uh, yeah, it definitely makes a difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're storing your malt, I, I think we should say a little bit about storing your malt. Uh, you want to keep it uh, dry. You want to keep it the humidity level that it got to you from the, from the maltster mm-hmm. and sealed containers yep. and, uh, you know, consistent temperatures is probably more important than, you know, a specific temperature. Right. Cooler is probably better, you know, because it slows down yeah. uh, oxidation. But sealed containers, uh, you know, filled all the way to the top is a good way to go. They'll also keep out rodents and stuff like that. I actually had a cleaned up a rodent problem this uh, this other day. Uh, I was pilot brewing for a heretic brewing company, and uh, I realized that you know you just the, added a
3: whole bag full of
2: rodents. But, to yeah, the, the, bag, f- huh? the, the the plastic containers keep the rodents out. You'd think they could chew through, and they I'm sure they can't, but they don't. But any, any malt in a plastic bag, they'll go right through. They'll even go for cocoa nibs. I, I discovered that as well. <laughs> but uh, snap traps work quite well on, uh, on rodents. All right. Let's uh, take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into more of your questions. Back after this.
8: Since 1921, Munden's has been a provider of quality malted grain and extracts. What did he just say? That's ninety years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farm within fifty miles of our malt houses. What? I can't
0: understand this What's the last part. I
8: don't know. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an advanced home brewer needs.
0: Something about trains. What language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria.
8: <laughs> muntins is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing!
0: Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language.
8: Ah! Ask from Muntons Malt and Malt Extract that you like word brew shop!
0: Muntins for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt muntins. <laughs>
4: are tested on storing and serving beer beer styles flavor and tasting the brewing process and ingredients and pairing food with beer learn more about your next beer guide at cicerone.org certified cicerone because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint
0: hi this is push from the brewing network and i want to tell you about the brewmasters warehouse and how you can get 10 percent off your next order I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Brewmasters Warehouse and the brew builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com.
8: Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical fun and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long Brew Your Own will surprise you entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zalashan and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard, and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash Network, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The How-To Homebrew Beer Magazine.
2: You're listening to the Brewing Network.
1: Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong.
2: I tell you, we got the best intros and outros in the entire (laughs) brewing beer casting industry. industry. It's just awesome. There's, there's no other show that's got better than that. That's right. All right. We're answering your questions, Q&A questions. If you want to ask questions, you can get uh, live into the chat room. You Just go to com and there is a, uh, a uh, chat now. And uh, you click on that. You don't need a password or anything. You, you jump right in. You can use any fake name you want. You can ask questions, interact with others that are listening to the shows at the mm. same time. It's uh, actually really cool. It's one of the things I love about the Brewing Network. You know, I listen to the Sunday show, I like to, you know, see what chatter is going on and, you know, people wondering about heretic and, uh, you know, heretic and all thing's heretical about heretic. It's uh, a lot you of know, knowledge, man. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I think, uh, you know, it, it's a really cool way to participate in the show. You can ask questions, we'll answer them, uh, you know, if you have any, any uh, clarifications needed. It's a great way to... Uh, you know, be part of the show. And and I think that's one of the things that makes the, the Brewing Network great is that we have people that participate in the show. So they, these aren't just something we do, you know, pull out of thin air. Well, this is based on uh, your feedback. So we appreciate that, and it's a, a great way to do it. So send your questions to the Brewing, Bruce Strong at com, and we'll get to them uh, as soon as we can. Uh, what's the next one? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, This one is from Joshua in California. He says, uh, first of all, brewing classic styles is my new Bible of brewing. I loved how to brew. It's the perfect start to this awesome hobby. But now I really want to brew competition-grade beer. Uh, I'm an all-grain brewer, so I'll be using the all-grain conversion you provide. However, there is no mention of any conversion needed for the steeping grains. Do I just use them as the same quantities? I'm also a frequent listener to Brew Strong Podcast and listen to each show that pertains to the recipe I'm about to brew. In this case, I'm about to brew a saison, and the only steeping grain is Cara Munich. On the podcast, Jamil made it sound like this was more of an option than a requirement. So did this not? This did not quite answer my question, right? right. Uh, and then he says, uh, "Thanks so much for the help and constant support through your books and podcasts." Right. So the the show that did all the BJCP
2: styles was the Jamil show, and Bruce Strong is uh, Palmer and I right. waxing eloquent about your questions and topics. So, two different shows. But, um, and that other show is converted over to Kenya Brew it, which is cloning beers now. So, you can request your clones. And we actually get this question a lot. And, um, all right. So, in the all grain instructions in, in, in Brewing Classic Styles, it says substitute, you know, X number of pounds of pale malt or whatever it might be for the liquid malt extract. So all the other ingredients in that recipe need to go in the beer. Right. So you wouldn't get rid of those. You wouldn't just go with those all grain items, but you would substitute out the uh the all grain for the for the liquid extract.
3: Yeah. I could have sworn we we mentioned it in the uh the chapter mm-hmm. on how to brew these recipes. That's an important
2: chapter that a lot of people skip. They ask me, "Oh, you know, it doesn't say anywhere what the percentages are." <laughs> page 41 <laughs> page 41 <laughs> how to brew these recipes yeah right yeah that section saying how to do this you know that's that's
3: it's a good chapter to read if you haven't read it yeah but it is it's the same uh, amounts of mm-hmm. the same steeping grains mm-hmm. whether you're brewing, brewing the extract and steeping grain recipe version mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the all grain take mm-hmm. those same steeping grain put them in the mash
2: right now, do you get exactly the same recovery of flavors and sugars from steeping them as you do from uh all grain,
3: or no is you it don't. close or can you make it close by the amount of water you use yeah you can you can optimize it by using them by tailoring the amount of water mm-hmm. um there's I, I guess when we when we um wrote the book, we mm-hmm. said you know this we'll just use this as our baseline mm-hmm. you know um we, the, the I guess maybe we, I think we said in the book, you know, the, the all the recipes, you know, came from your all grain mm-hmm. recipes, mm-hmm. and then uh, converting them to extract and steeping grains. And um, you know, if you if you uh, steep in a decent amount of water, get a good extraction from those grains, mm-hmm. and add your extract, you should uh, arrive pretty close. Right. And then uh, you know, any any adjusting you want to do of amounts, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the baseline to work from. Should get you pretty darn close.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, the and just don't just don't steep in a really tiny amount of water. Right. Don't steep in a giant amount of water.
3: And it should be it should be pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool.
5: Get the next question, JP. All right. Next question is uh, from the chat. So, uh, live oh, listeners, yeah. if you have a question, why don't you uh, join me in the chat? Join us in the chat. Uh, PM me the question, and I will get it to the guys. Uh, this one is from um, Antioch in the chat room. He says, "Not sure if this has been asked, as I'm going through the archives. But my wife hates beer, mm-hmm. but ended up enjoying a coffee stout. I've read multiple ways of adding coffee, uh, not espresso, into the beer. But what do Jay Z and Palmer think about that? How uh-huh. do you uh, basically how do you add coffee into your beer?"
2: Well, and you, you do uh some coffee beers j p as well right and you 're doing one for kenya It.
5: i'm doing one for kenya Brew it. um i 've actually never done a coffee beer but oh,
2: really um you the, do a lot of oak and
5: other other i do a lot of weird stuff like that uh-huh. um, and
2: you 've done uh chocolate beers
5: i 've done uh, yeah well, with mm. the, the the cocoa nibs cocoa nibs um the the only coffee beer i 've ever had that i really liked was uh i think it was black hook from red Hook mm-hmm. brewing um years and years ago and they would use uh starbucks italian roast coffee mm-hmm. and how they did it they would just brew a batch of double strength mm-hmm. italian roast coffee huh. and add the coffee in instead of mm-hmm. the uh, the grinds and i've always come across beers uh, that have been you know steeped with a with a coffee ground mm-hmm. and they just come off tasting kind of tannic and a little bitter and and, and right. acidic mm-hmm. and so I never really thought that was the right way, but uh, huh. like a lot of things I do, I just talked out of Well, and I, so. <laughs> well,
3: no, no, I, I think uh, you know, there's definite difference. <laughs> the way, the way to not do it is don't put coffee grounds in your mash, right? Um, don't boil coffee in your kettle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think from words of experience and wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Um. The two, the easiest way to do it is uh, to brew. A pot of coffee mm-hmm. and pour it into the fermenter, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just so you. That's so going to lower your um, gravity, your original gravity.
2: Right. So you're going to need to brew to a higher, well, you know,
3: I mean. starting gravity strength. Yeah, but I mean, depending how strong you made that coffee, you're adding, mm-hmm. you know, two quarts at the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want you want some coffee well, two, flavor. Two, two, two liters in a twenty liter batch. It's ten
2: percent drop in your,
3: your yeah. specific gravity. Yeah, but it, you don't want to. You don't want to. I mean, you're not trying to ferment coffee. You're just right. trying to add coffee flavor. So uh-huh. you're usually not adding a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, take it into account. Come take, on, throw, yeah. throw me throw <laughs> your bone here. You take it into account. Yeah. you <laughs> can do the math there,
2: folks. Yeah, exactly. You know, just 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 so. count on it uh, dropping. You know, if you're adding a, a two liters into a twenty liter batch you know, you're almost dropping a ten percent of your of your gravity, so True. you're going to want to um you know um uh, you know bump it up a little bit because you know if you're at ten sixty you're all of a sudden at ten fifty five or ten fifty four or something. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh,
3: Bone. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a little little you know, just just take it take it into account. It's not yeah. that difficult. It doesn't have to be precise either. You know, 'cause what what we've learned is, you know, you could be at ten sixty five or ten fifty five and really, the resulting beer is more related to fermentation than it is with it's your gravity. starting gravity and, and yeah. the ending gravity. It's like, yeah,
3: it's 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 going to be great either way. So, yeah. but you know, try and dial it in a little bit. The other way I've heard of doing it is uh, cold steeping, mm-hmm. um, kind of like dry hopping, mm-hmm. uh, putting you know some uh, coffee coarse ground right right into into a bat in a muslin bag and then steeping that mm-hmm. uh, in a cold in the fermenter. Or in well, the corny keg.
2: I think that's JP. Isn't that what you're going to be doing for the uh, wake and bake stout that you're doing on uh, Canyon Bread?
5: I believe so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cold steeping and, yeah. and and I think you know there's some logic to that. The cold steeping because you know if you cold steep uh, you know highly kiln grains, uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Scott's real real fond of doing a, a cold steep of you know black malts and things like that. To uh, extract out the the color and the flavor without that harsh tanniny, ashy kind of character, and then and then adding that to this yeah. beer, get a lot more aromatics that way. Right, right. So uh, you know, cold steeping is is another good way of doing it. Yeah, um, I think it's
5: the blend of coffee too. Oh, and, sure, and sure. the 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 specific you know region of the bean. Like I wouldn't do. Um, uh, like a lighter coffee like a well maybe a wouldn't you wouldn't, do, like you wouldn't a Brazilian do a pacheco coffee no i wouldn't do a pacheco, pacheco coffee bean. A pacheco estate yes um uh, because there are some coffees that are just a little more acidic mm-hmm. and i don't think you know and and I, I like that red hook beer because the the coffee's already kind of on the sweeter side anyway and i think mm. it blended really well with the beer uh-huh. um, uh um
3: yeah right. Puerto Rican as opposed to ethiopian
5: something like that yeah um you know kenyan coffee will have a, a, a lot of uh it's a high acid coffee, and it has a lot of blueberry notes. Mm-hmm. So, if unless that's going to work in your right. in your beer, then, I mean, different you know,
2: beers may take it. You know, depending on if your beer is real sweet or you know something like that, and it may need that kind of uh, tannic balance or something like that. True. You know that that might help as well. There's also the uh, the cold press coffee. You could actually buy cold press mm-hmm. coffee. Has um, this in like a concentrate and you can use that you know i've seen it on the internet and people were raving about that as a as a great means of adding coffee flavors to your beer uh, it doesn't have all that tannic stuff and it's um you know it's already concentrated you just you know dump that in it won't uh, affect the the gravity a whole lot and um uh, that 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 might be a, a good way to go as well
5: do they still have the internet is that still around
2: yeah i think you can still get it on uh like at t or something. That's I don't weird. Know. Whatever, it Whatever it might be. <laughs>
5: Pacheco Net. you know. You guys want to try a phone call? Sure. Let's right. do a phone call. we got call. a phone question from the chat. Bike Foolery. Bike, you there? Let me unmute you. How about that?
9: Hey, brother. How about that? Hey, um, I'm having a problem with beer stone in one of my carboys. I've uh, wow. It's got kind of a whitish film building up on the inside below where the beer ferments, mm. And I've tried hitting it with uh, hot PBW. Mm-hmm. Then followed by a, uh, you know, get that out, rinse it out, and then followed by a hot star sand, so I get an acidic. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm still seeing it in there. And I'm now realizing how crappy cardboard brushes are, because when I hold up the light, you can see where the bristles actually touched it and where they didn't. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yeah.
9: So,
3: yeah, that may not be acid enough. To, yeah, you probably you need CLR. Go to the Home Depot and get some CLR, the calcium lime remover.
9: And, okay, and do you just... What what for CLR?
3: What, what's the what's about the right mixture to do then? Uh, I believe straight, maybe one to one, but um, straight. Yeah, yeah.
9: Try
2: what's on the package first, and then you know, bump it up from there. And if you kill yourself, then it wasn't. We didn't recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, creates that that beer stone is um, you know, especially you're you're in Davis, right?
9: No, I'm down here in Napoma, but I'm on well water, it's
2: horrendous. Okay. Well yeah, and that's that's one of the problems. If you if you use PBW with something like well water or something like that, it um and you do it hot, when you go to rinse it cold, uh it deposits that that stone stone onto the onto the surface. So if you're using PBW hot, when you go to rinse PBW, use the same temperature water or warmer. To rinse the PBW, and once you get yeah, That's what it, I've been trying to do. It's yeah, once you get it completely removed, then you can go to colder water. Uh, I've been
9: trying to rinse with the hot water, but, you know, there's only so much my hands can handle, so... <laughs> right,
2: right. When you're doing this with carboys, I mean, how how hot a water is? <laughs> I mean, you're no, doing real hot. I
9: mean, hot I got about one, one, 130 coming out of my tap here yeah. in the house, so... Right,
2: right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at least you got carboy. If it's if it's coming off with the carboy brush, then it may not be beer stone, because beer stone would not come off with right. of the carboy brush.
3: Yeah. Okay. It could be just calcium carbonate.
2: Or yeah, you know, some sort of protein layer, of protein mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Uh, okay,
9: well, I'll give the uh, a CLR a try.
2: Yeah, but if it's coming off with the carboy brush, then, um, hmm, I would wonder if, uh, you know, if it's something in the, the water. You know, are you? You know, you pulling that well water from a nice fresh well, or is it the well you use also as the uh, the sanitary well? No, it's the no?
9: city. It's, <laughs> it's the city wells that comes all chlorinated and whatnot. Oh uh, I've okay. uh, stopped using that water for some time. Yeah. I've gone to just purchasing some RO water from the store and right, right. Uh, just so I can I have better control over that. I called in a couple of weeks ago with a problem with the Tanic uh, Oatmeal Stout.
2: Oh so. okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, yeah, yeah you're you're, uh, you're a faithful listener. We appreciate it um uh, yeah, so I wonder if it's beer stone or not, because, again, beer stone won't scrub off with the uh with the brush you, mm. would, you would not see it come off with of the brush it's it's binds to the surface like you wouldn't believe, and it's a rough uh film you can actually you know it's like a sandpaper
9: almost and well, I can't, can't quite touch it in the middle of the carboy, so <laughs>
2: yeah you, you know lose some weight, skinny up that arm. Um, you know, but uh, and you can't even scrub it off, even with a you know a Brillo pad. You won't be able to take that stuff off. It it really binds hard to the uh, surface. You get in kegs and things like that. So that's interesting. Um, you know, John could have something
3: to do with pHs or uh, well. You know, if if it's well water, he may um some organic compounds in the in the water. Yeah, it could be organic. It could be. Um, Sounds like the, a protein the, film to me. Yeah, or maybe uh oh, like an iron iron sulfate. Um, or uh, well, but you'd taste that. So probably it's probably just calcium carbonate mm. coming out from the hot PBW, like you said. Right. If you switch to doing you know cool PBW and a cool water rinse, you may you will probably won't uh, precipitate the calcium carbonate like you are right now, or it won't stick anyway. Okay. Right. Right.
2: And then, uh, you know, you always try the CLR and see if that takes it off. Mm-hmm. But, sure. you know, the purpose of the CLR is to dissolve the, the calcium mm-hmm. and uh, free it up into solution again, right? Right. So that's uh, that's the whole purpose of that. So uh, if that doesn't do any good, then you know it's a, like a protein film or something like right.
3: that. Right. Yeah, then, then that's where you would you would need the uh, sodium hydroxide to, to dissolve the protein mm-hmm. and then follow up with the CLR mm-hmm. to dissolve the mineral. Mm-hmm. All right. Good question, though.
9: Thanks, All right, brother.
3: Thank All
2: righty. That was Next. a good question. Was good, a good to hear question. from the chat every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's take another break. Uh, it'll be our final break for the show, and then we'll come back. We'll just knock out a couple more questions.
0: I'm back after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier.
4: Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing
0: a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. <laughs> are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast,
7: invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet.
2: And send.
7: There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... White Labs, it's all in the vial.
4: Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tail Wagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Members Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home.
8: This is
4: Sit down next to it. Grab yourself
2: a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex.
8: You're listening to the Brew
1: Network. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong.
2: All right, we're back. We're doing a and a live Q&A show and uh answering all your questions. You can send them in to Bruce Strong at the com, and we will get to them. It take, sometimes it takes a little while, but uh you know, Palmer and I noticed that there was quite a backlog yeah. and uh just doing a and a show every third show was not getting them done. So, uh, I think we're going to step it up. Maybe we're going to do uh you know, a couple of Q&As and yeah, and then, uh we'll be like that.
3: Yeah, cuz we we really want to pr- respond to your questions. So, uh, this seems like a good way to you know get through bomb
5: yep all right
2: what's our uh, next couple of questions we'll We'll be uh, wrapping up here soon.
5: All right. Uh, next question comes from Mitch. He says, uh, guys, I made a clone of a beer. I have it in a five gallon batch before and it was excellent. I made a ten gallon all grain batch of the same recipe a few weeks ago and used a London ESB yeast in one five gallon bucket In the other I used a repitch of the uh, British ale. I kegged and forced carbonated both five-gallon batches. The ESB yeast was a repitch of a previous batch. Uh, The batch with repitch tastes uh, vegetal. I don't quite understand what happened. I've seen this before on a batch that had flaked maize in it and thought I did not boil long enough. Hmm. But now this has got me scratching my head. I do not have temperature control of my fermentation. I'm at the mercy of my basement. Can you help me figure out what I did incorrectly? Love the show.
2: Hmm. Well, so you know,
5: there's there's always
2: a couple of possibilities. One is it's you know, uh, work production, which you know can do. yeah. you doing a lot of pills or malt things like that. You can get some DMS and get some some vegetal, but th- that doesn't sound like the case here because you wouldn't with uh, you know some British uh, beer that you're brewing. The other possibility is uh, you know fermentation related, mm-hmm. and uh, the other possibility is contamination related.
3: Yeah, I'm wondering too. um, He's saying vegetable. I'm wondering vegetable broth, broth brothy. Right. Wonder if some from the repitch if there's some little bit of autolysis flavor going on in there. Good point. Yeah, it could be meaty. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's one of the things we run into. uh, You know, becomes problematic is, you know, the way one person will describe a flavor or aroma. May not be the the same way that someone else would describe it, right, so uh we're we always kind of left guessing without being able to taste the beers ourselves um, you know I would look to uh you know one thing I would do is any beer that I had a question on i'd go ahead and pull a sample and keep that you know around eighty three degrees fahrenheit uh you know mid eighties and um See if that thing attenuates out drastically after that. Then, you know, wild yeast bacteria. Yeah. And that's what probably is the source of your problem. If it doesn't tend to change attenuation, then I would imagine that is maybe, you know, other fermentation related or, you know, work production related. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, take take some of that beer and, and give it a try and see if the attenuation changes radically. And that should uh,
3: give you a pretty good sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if 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 the other beer doesn't taste particularly vegetal, um, it's probably not recipe related or uh, uh, boil related. So, yeah.
2: Well, those were two the two same recipes with two different pitches. Yeah, Sound like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: ten well, gallon ten gallon split. Right. thought? Right. But again, you could have
2: you know contamination contamination That's true. related. That's why especially with the repitch with the repitch. Yeah, you're you know you tend to uh, you know if your process isn't perfect, you know those f- first batches you kind of get away with it, and then when you repitch, you're actually just carrying that contamination forward, and it gets even more chance to grow and affect the beer, and right. you tend to get uh, a little more funky. But mm-hmm. you know it also like you said depends uh, depends a lot on. Perception. Perception, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay.
5: Great answer. Uh, Last question is on bottle clarity, Uh, and this is from Westco. It says, uh, hello, John and Jamil. I have a question about an observation with bottle versus keg clarity. I brewed the last five batches for competition, so I had to bottle them from a keg. After I would bottle the beer, I would let it raise to room temp overnight and then stick it in the fridge. Of the last five batches I did, four of them went from slightly hazy to brilliantly clear overnight in the bottle. Uh, I would compare the bottled version next to the same beer I just pulled from the keg. The keg is still very murky, but the bottles are clear. I know that the kegs will clear over time, but I'm curious as to why I can't get a Doppelbach to be brilliantly clear in just a couple of weeks after brew day versus month in the keg. I thought that by letting the beer sit at room temp, then crashing it again, that somehow made the beer clearer. I took a keg out and let it sit for two days at room temp, then crashed it. But it did not clear up. It seems only to clear up overnight in bottles. Have any idea why this is the case?
3: Well, it's not chill haze, is it? I mean, is he?
5: He's saying that it clears in the bottles in a short amount of time, but in the keg, it clears up uh, maybe over a month or two.
2: Yeah, I wonder. You know, a couple of things. If you, you one that is a common problem with people repitching lager yeasts is. Um, right. they, they tend to dump the first yeast and then they let this beer sit for a long time. And they collect this fine layer of dusty yeast and they repitch that. And by the,
4: you know, the Theory. first repitch,
2: <laughs> it can end up in a yeast that won't flocculate at all. And you end up with this hazy beer, uh, you know, and the yeast won't drop at all. Um, you know, that's one, one, one possibility. Um, The other is, though, if he's seen a difference between um, keg and bottle, if you're drawing off the – you know, the keg draws off the bottom of the, the keg, so the top may be brilliantly clear. Right. And, you know, the bottom is still all the fines dropping down, and you're drawing that, and that may seem why it clears later on. You know, the bottle is only, you know, nine inches tall or whatever it is. And so the, the particulate matter drops out much quicker, to the, reaches the bottom much quicker. Uh, you know, in the keg, you know, in the same amount of time, the, the particles have dropped the, 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 an equal distance. But still... Right. And so you're drawing off the bottom, you're still going to get hazy until it drops all the way the, the kegs are 29 inches tall or whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, it's going to take three times as long for that to clear than the bottle's. Yeah, that's a good so point. If it's a hazy particle thing, that's that's gonna be the issue there. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, if you have a bacteria or something like that in the keg, you know, that can form a, a haze, uh, wild right. yeast can form a haze. You know, so there's a lot of possibilities there. But uh I'm guessing here from
3: the description that,
2: you know, it's just the the height difference between a bottle and a keg. And the yeah, keg's that gonna usable. take three to four. I was thinking longer. maybe
3: he wasn't uh he wasn't chilling the bottles, you know. When he's looking right. at him, before he sends them to comp. Right. And, of course, if it's a chill kind of haze, you know, he's taking it from a cool keg that's been in mm-hmm. the fridge. Those are cloudy because the chill haze it warms up overnight. All right. You know, goes back to the solution. Yeah, serve them both clear. at the same
2: temperature and see if, you know, they're both hazy or not. You know, that's one thing I would check. But he says they clear over time. So, again, I'm thinking it's the height difference. Yeah, that
3: um, could be. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. You could, uh,
2: you know, there's a lot of, lot of possibilities there. But, uh, you know, just keep in mind, uh, you know, the difference in height. You know, and that might be the, the thing there. All right. Another great show. And I think uh, we'll do another one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've got a lot, of, a lot of Q&A to, uh, to, to knock out. And uh, we really appreciate your participating in these shows. If you uh, ask us questions, we will answer them. And we'll get those done. Uh if you get a chance, stop by the Brewing Network store. You know, pick yourself up a uh, a copy of Brewstrong uh, uh Brew Strong shirts, pick up a copy of Brewing Classic Styles, How to Brew by John Palmer, Yeast yeah. Book. Don't um, be a
3: heretic. You know, stop by the store.
2: <laughs> it only works if I say heretic, oh, I think. Thank you. Heretic, heretic, heretic. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah. you know, don't 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 forget to uh uh, to check that out and, and support the brewing network because uh, you know without participation participation by guys like you uh, we uh, we don't survive so uh, check out our sponsors uh, Blickman Engineering check out the AHA good people good stuff uh, really really gonna you know help us uh, keep going and uh, don't forget uh, really really important uh, you know uh, thing you you always want to remember is uh, bees make honey.
3: That's right. Honey doesn't make bees. Pretty strong. Pretty strong, everybody.